Strike by Track, I'm your host Darren, and today we're going to be talking about Let It Go from Come, and Let It Go is just all one word, all squished up. Recorded on the 16th of March 1994 at Paisley Park, and released on the 9th of August uh, as the lead and only single um, from Come. Uh, you know, there were some other ones that were planned, um, but in the end they didn't release them. This is, you know, the earliest material released after Prince had changed his name. Uh, Most Beautiful Girl in the World was released March of 1994. Uh, obviously, we, you know, we'll talk about that once we get to the Gold Experience, uh, which is two albums from now, even though that single came out before. Um, this is a very busy period in Prince's life, this is. Um, and on the track, we have Prince. We've got Kathleen Bradford. Uh, we've got Eric Leeds on the flute. You've got Ricky Peterson on keyboards. And then we have the MPG horns. The track itself is 5 minutes 33. And joining me to talk about it today is Jordan Sam. Hello, Jordan. Hello. Uh, as this is your first episode, Jordan, I'm just going to ask you, you know, what was your awareness of Prince as an artist? You know, can you recall a specific time when you would have heard or kind of known about Prince? Probably the earliest I can remember of actually knowing, you know, physically, okay, there's this artist, you know, who sings, who's go- called by Prince, was probably the Batman album. Like, I remember seeing the video with him in it and, and stuff like that and listening to that soundtrack quite a bit i probably have been hearing like his music like like i am with a lot of music like have been listening to the music and stuff like that for like ages and or hearing it back and forth and just not realizing it though uh growing up as a kid you know you usually you, you listen to what your parents listen to first and uh my dad was most was mostly listening to uh you know beatles and and uh doo-wop and and some of the stuff that he grew up with so like that for the for first part of my life that that was my my influence of music then came then you know came more popular stuff as I just listened to the radio or or found things myself this this was the lead single like I said um from come um and Prince I mean he also released um space as a single but it didn't really get much of a release um and then straight after that we're on to you know I hate you and gold and Dinner with Dolores, like straight away, you know, this is really the only kind of single that got any promotion from Prince. And as the album was coming out, there was a little bit of a kind of back and forth um, between Prince and Warner Brothers (laughs) in the form of press releases featuring what I I believe would be classed as emojis these days. Um, You know, Prince issued, he had this uh, compilation called 1-800-NEW-FUNK that featured him and a number of other artists. Uh, Prince, you know, at this point he changed his name. He was just simply known as Symbol. And on the press release, it said, Here at MPG Records, we treat our artists with respect. It makes us sad when they are sad. If they have new music they just want to give to their fans, that's cool. We just want to bring you music so you can have a good time. So here's the new album from Symbol and Friends. Just don't call him Prince. Okay. Peace and be wild, MPG. And this is kind of a very kind of plain... 
uh, press release, uh, the words that are, you know, I obviously, I just interpreted the emojis there, but for music, you have these little kind of um, musical notes. You've got a little tiny drawing of a fan for uh, for fans. You've got a kind of sad face emoji <laughs> for the sad face. MPG Records is actually the the, the trademark, like the, the actual, you know, symbol for MPG. Um, and obviously Prince's symbol is, is the symbol. Um, and for peace, you have the, the kind of the peace symbol and... Um, you know, where it says peace and be wild, the and be wild is kind of written um, in a font that Prince would actually use for a couple of albums that the MPG released around this time anyway. Respect is in a different thought font too as well, but I don't think it's the yeah, same Yeah, it as is, well. yeah. Yeah, respect is like in a kind of hand-drawn font. Um, uh, now, at the, at the same time, you know, this was being put out, I, I can't remember the exact date on 1-800-NEW-FUNK, but I have a feeling it was it was within a couple of like weeks of come being released. And so to kind of confuse things or, you know, Prince was doing this deliberately. He knew when Come was being released and he released 1-800-NEW-FUNK to kind of steal thunder from from um, from Warner Brothers. So Warner Brothers retaliated with a press release that was set out the exact same, uh, just kind of plain white with the, the album cover in the corner. And it said, here at Warner Brothers, we treat our artists with a lot of heart emoji. It makes us happy emoji when they become st- two stars emoji uh if our artists want to be called and it looks like fingerprint or it's like a swirl or yin yang symbol that's cool we just want to make dollar sign and have a good time so here's the new prince album but don't call him prince call him symbol okay and then it says you know peace sign w dot b um and you know the, the main controversy and i talked about this a little bit on some of the other songs was the fact that uh mo austin who was one of the guys at warner brothers who had signed prince um, and who kind of acted as a go-between mostly for Prince and the the label, um, he he kind of left, I think, in 1994, just after Prince signed his contract, um, the one that he wanted to get out of, you know, by releasing this album. Um, and, you know, this was kind of where the controversy came in, you know, like the people at Warner Brothers who were there, um, Prince didn't really know, and they had a hard time dealing with Prince, basically. Um, though I do find those competing press releases quite fun um, because I have a feeling that, the, that there was one day when in like Rolling Stone, those were the two, like two pages were taken up with these two press releases. Um, and I'm guessing for most people, they would have no idea, you know, what on earth was happening. Um, you know, now Prince was kind of restricted in that when he was releasing stuff off come, um, you know, and he'd given interviews you know, after the fact, saying that he, you know, he didn't really want to promote stuff, um, but he did kind of do videos for stuff. Uh, the video at the moment for Let It Go is not available on the Prince YouTube channel. A lot of other videos have been put up there since, um, you know, Prince's death. Um, now, you know, he kind of promoted Let It Go a little bit. Um, you know, there was a single, and then on this single, there was like um, about five or six remixes. <laughs> and this is something that Prince did a lot of the time. You know, Warner Brothers were kind of very restrictive of what he could do with the music, um, but they didn't mind him doing remixes. So for so for every release around this time, um, the B sides were mostly just Prince remixing the hell out of every single song. Um, so I'm not going to go into all the different remixes that were on there because you know there's, you know, including the actual kind of I mean there was an instrumental version and a radio edit and album edit and then there was five other remixes. Uh, I've already spoken a little bit about that on the on the track for uh, you know solo uh, the previous track and uh, and also for the bonus episode I did on Alexa de Paris uh, which showed up as a B side for some reason um, on Let It Go 
Um, and, you know, the single performed okay. Um, I remember buying the single of it. Uh, it only got to number 30 um, in our chart. So it hung around for about four weeks. Uh, but in the Billboard, you know, Hot 100, it got to number 31, stuck around for 14 weeks. You know, that's not bad going. Number 10 in the uh, the top R&B singles. Um, you know, so uh, I, I think, that, you know, the single performed okay, despite the fact that Prince were, was not really promoting it. And in terms of like a genre, I think it's quite, it's the easiest one on this album to kind of categorize because it is kind of just like a you know an r&b pop song yeah and the thing is as well is we have it we have the track opening with this kind of um uh a vocal which will return on the next track uh, which is vanity saying ready or not here i come <laughs> and we have the kind of the lapping of waves and prince saying come on um now that's that's something that's shown up on a number of the tracks on this album uh, this kind of in between tracks you've had this kind of the sound of the beach um, and I'm not quite sure why Prince did that. Uh, there's no kind of like overarching theme to the entire album. It just seems to be that he's just randomly put these little snippets before a number of the tracks. And and obviously, I think that's one of the things missing from, you know, the single edit is just the kind of this little intro. Um, and then, you know, we kind of get into the song proper. Um, and I think it's interesting because, you know, for a song that sounds upbeat... Um, some of the lyrical contents is kind of a little bit kind of like downbeat. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the, the the chorus itself, you know, the kind of, uh, which has like a little kind of bridge before it, which is the, you know, until now all I wanted to do is do, do, do what I do is, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, when you got the kind of let it go, lay back and let the vibe just flow. You know, that's that sounds kind of, you know, moderately kind of positive. But the main kind of like, you know, verses, I think I think are quite interesting. Um, you know, you have Prince opening with all my life. I've kept my feelings deep inside. Never was a reason to let somebody know, which, you know, I mean, that's someone who basically has never expressed their feelings for their entire life. That is, you know, that's quite a dark place to start. Uh, lover here, lover there. Who, cre- who cried? Who cared? Foolish pride. Never was a good seat at any of this man's shows. So, I mean, what he's basically saying is that he's, you know, he's had lovers over the years but none of them have truly got to know him because he's never shown his true feelings. And for a kind of upbeat pop song, that is like a, a really kind of dark place for for like, you know, Prince to be coming from. Yeah, I mean, like like I said, like I was listening to this a couple of times just to get the idea. And it, it's one of those things where like, yeah, it sounds nice to listen to and move with. But then you like get into the lyrics and it's it's kind of like a really like introverted look at himself, you know, or, yeah. or just going on here. And he's just, and so, and it's just kind of like, well, you're grooving along. I'm like, like, wait, wait, why, what's it? Why, why is he so downbeat about himself here? And when the song's so nice. <laughs> and I mean, in the chorus as well, you know, he yeah. says, he says, you know, I just want to let it go. So like, he's, he's yeah. basically confessing that he, he wants to, you know, let his feelings out. Uh, you know, he says, lay back and let my feelings show. Uh, and then, of course, before we kind of get into the the little horn hook, he says, "I'm ready for the real. Give me something I can feel." Um, and and I, I must say, I do I do really enjoy the kind of um, I mean the MPG horns. I always I always kind of like you know the stuff that they do anyway. Um, but we've also got Eric Leeds on here with um, kind of some flute going on, um, and I think they really kind of add to the song because I mean the you know the song doesn't really have a a band feel it kind of has a a very kind of like um produced kind of like electronic feel mm. and i think that's because most of the stuff kind of comes from including like the drums kind of come from um you know synthesizers 
Um, you know, the drums sound very, you know, kind of heavily synthesized. And then also, you know, there's even like a solo that almost sounds like it's trying to be a guitar, but it's clearly a synthesizer. <laughs> um, so there's a lot of kind of like artificial sounds on this track, um, you know, apart from the horns, um, you know, and obviously Eric Leeds um, also on here as well. So like in terms of the production as well, it's kind of it's kind of more unusual. Um, you know, this was kind of like one of the earliest songs recorded for Come that would eventually, you know, find its way onto that album. Um, you know, and, and and so it's kind of interesting, um, you know, the, the, I mean, the rest of the album doesn't kind of have the same feel as this song does. This song kind of feels like Prince had recorded it and then, I mean, as is, I mean, Come was basically a contractual obligation album to get him out of his contract. And this song is just, it's almost like, well, this is a song he had lying around, so that's probably why it doesn't sound like the rest of the album um but yeah and in the second verse we have you know all my life my heart's been under lock and key my curtains were drawn there wasn't nobody home uh trigger here trigger there everybody's high except for me better off dead if i couldn't be alone and i mean <laughs> and then when we kind of get into the it immediately kind of goes into the bridge back to the chorus with the kind of you know bang 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 on the drummer and love so so like it's you can't you don't really get a chance to kind of think about you know um what's going on um in terms of this verse but yeah i mean like this idea of someone you know having their heart under lock and key curtains drawn you know better off dead i mean you know this is uh, for a song that is this upbeat you know it, it's kind of very dark kind of like uh, subject matter in the verses um, but like I said, the chorus is, it's really weird because obviously the verses are very much about this person being kind of locked down. And then the chorus is all about the, the expression of this idea that they they want to let it go, uh, you know, lay back and let the vibe just flow. But there obviously seems like there's something that, that they can't do. Um, you know, there seems to be something stopping <laughs> them from doing that. And it's it's never kind of elaborated why, you know, Prince feels that he can't like let his feelings show or anything. And then the final verse as well. I mean, it has this very interesting phrase. Um, you know, it's 14 years and tears I've longed to sing my song, but a horse couldn't drag your ass to put me on. Which is one of these times where Prince has reversed the words because you wouldn't really say to put me on. You'd say, you know, put me on a horse. Or like he's he's reversed the way that you say that sentence. Uh, but I like that. And then you have this, uh, now I've got an army and we're three million strong. This song will ring in your ears when we are gone. And I'm not quite sure what that's referring to. Um, <laughs> though we are kind of around the time of, you know, like the Million Man March in Washington and that kind of thing. And there were a few songs that Prince kind of wrote around this time period that kind of seemed to refer to that. Although he says three million strong rather than, say, you know, one million strong. But yeah, but I still I still find that kind of like interesting that, he, you know, the kind of a horse couldn't drag your ass to put me on. Um, which, you know. No, this idea that Prince has longed to sing his song is interesting because obviously this is you know 15 albums in it's not like anyone <laughs> has stopped Prince from singing at this point in his career um, but that also might be a little bit of a reference to the kind of the, the battle with the record company and the fact that he's not been allowed you know one of the bones of contention that Prince had was he wasn't allowed to put music out as often as he wanted you know and then we kind of go back to the chorus one final time but there's also a, a solo in there as well like I said it sounds like it's meant to be a guitar but I feel like it's being played on a keyboard, so it sounds very kind of metallic and harsh. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, and you know, the, the song kind of finishes with the, you know, let it go, um, lay, lay, lay back and let the vibe just flow. And then we kind of, we get a little bit of the, the waves lapping before we 
we launch into Orgasm, which is the final track of this album. I love the names that he picks for some of these songs sometimes, you know. Just... <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's interesting as well that, you know, he obviously sticking to the kind of one word title mm-hmm. on this album. The previous track was solo, but, it, you know, it was one word instead of being S-O-L-O-W. It was just solo. <laughs> Um, and here we have Let It Go is all one word. I mean, I kind of like the the kind of... I, I have it, you know, at this point, you know, you're like nine tracks into the album and, you know, it's gone to some very kind of dark places and, you know, this track itself has this, this kind of thing of being an upbeat song that's actually about something that's kind of sad. Um, and so I, I think it's kind of interesting that this is... I mean, this is really the last proper song of this album. The next track is not really a song in any shape or form. It's just a lot of noise. Um... You know, which obviously I'll get into more in the next episode. But I find this kind of like an interesting, an interesting first, like an interesting single because this is like the first that you know people would have heard New Prince music since. Um, well, I mean, Most Beautiful Girl in the World obviously came out, but in terms of like an album, the last album that had any new music from Prince was Symbol. Um, you know, like two years earlier, uh, because in between we had the you know the hits the B side. Um, and all the and all the stuff that was released with the hits of the B side was old old music anyway. There was that kind of no new stuff put on there. Um, so it's interesting that this is like the first single that Prince is releasing, you know, with Warner Brothers since you know uh, I think Seven or Morning Papers was the last track. Um, so you know it's kind of in- interesting, kind of um, that this is this is the kind of track that Prince because you know he still had some control over what music was released. So I think it's interesting. This is the track he chose as the single, um, you know, from this album because it's not really what the rest of the album is about. The rest of the album isn't this upbeat, and it isn't this kind of poppy. It's you know, it, it it's a lot. It's a kind of a lot more. I mean, you know, there's a lot more jazz influence on it, and it's kind of a lot more experimental in terms of some of the other songs. You know, this is not a song that you were familiar with before I asked you to listen to it. No, um, listening like when I listened to it, like I said, like it was you know, it sounded pretty. It sounded pretty nice nice like pop you know r&b pop beat and stuff like that then you go into the lyrics and the story behind it and you're like wow there was a lot going on here and i kind of like that like it's one of those things where like you know at, at first first brush you listen to it and it's just like a really rocking song or just something great to hear or listen to and then like you know like maybe like on uh like boring Wednesday night, you're like, huh, I always wondered what the song was about. And you like look up and you find all this stuff about it. And it's like, wow, there was so much going on. <laughs> I mean, I vaguely recall the whole thing with him, like changing his name and stuff like that. Like as a kid, I didn't even really, really realize until much later that it was the, was all about a contract stuff and, you know, his, like wanting to get artistic ownership and stuff and like all that stuff. Like I didn't know any of that until like years after it all happened. Like, I mean, I'm sure, like, quite a few people knew the whole thing was going on, but no one ever told me about it. So I, it's just like, it was just like, everyone was like, ha ha ha, he changed his name to a symbol we can't pronounce anymore. So, like, it never really hit to me, like, why he did it or what it was for or if there was actually a reason before it uh, other than that he was eccentric and, and you know, wanting to create an image for himself or something like that. And I mean, yeah. Even like at afterwards, like since then, like that's all like a lot of the stuff of surrounding Prince to me was was like that too. Like was you know like he was eccentric, uh, made a lot of music, and you know was like a lot of good music, and that you know he was just you know an odd person that had a you know good music career. Um, this song itself, Prince, you know, he performed it on the Ultimate Live Experience uh, tour. Um, he performed it in Japan in early 1996. Oh. 
Um, and then that was it. He never performed it again. <laughs> um, which which kind of happened with some of the songs around this period. You know, he performed them for the tours that were going on uh, as he was disputing with Warner Brothers. So he wouldn't perform anything from, you know, the previous kind of... From anything pre, like, 93, he wouldn't perform. And then, you know... Kind of he once he got past the dispute a few years later he never performed anything kind of from this time period. Um, I'm guessing maybe just because you know he kind of saw this as kind of stuff that he did as you know a contractual obligation or something. Um, I'm not sure, but yeah, you know, um, and obviously because of the title, very hard to find any cover versions of this song because yeah, a different song pops up quite a lot, and there's a lot of cover versions of that song. Let's put it like that. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, for me personally, I, I, I mean, I really enjoy this song, you know, it was the first kind of Prince single that I bought, um, you know, after Prince had kind of got into this dispute with Warner Brothers. So, you know, this was me eagerly awaiting, you know, new music from Prince. Um, uh, and you know, this is what he kind of, this is the first time that, you know, I kind of heard that. And so, you know, I would say four out of five for me. Um, I'd, I'd agree with that, yeah. Yeah, I only feel like I couldn't go higher because kind of there's a lot of the chorus, you know, the song yeah. is a lot of chorus. And I'm not a big fan of kind of like the kind of the keyboard sounds that they've picked. Like the, the, the kind of keyboard production on it is not my favorite. Um, and it's something that, you know, in the next few years, Prince starts to kind of really rely on these very kind of like um, kind of harsh sounding keyboards and the production becomes a lot kind of harsher. Um, and it's not it's it's not really a sound that I'm a fan of, um, you know. Other tracks on this album have had a kind of a gentler production sound, and they've been, kind of been more jazz influenced. And uh, you know that's the kind of stuff that I really enjoy. Still sounding kind of like diamonds and pearls, cymbal, that kind of stuff. Uh, but for the next few years, kind of the production gets very kind of um, um, I don't know how to say it other than to say sharp. And I, I think that's kind of what the production of this song sounds like. So I couldn't go any higher than a four for it. Like I said, like it's just. One of those songs that I probably would like to just, you know, have playing in the background to, you know, move along along with and stuff like that. Um, I'm not sure if I would basically make it part of like a playlist or something that I would definitely, uh, you know, you know, pick out to put on something. But it is, I, I think it is kind of like a really interest, you know, like an really interesting thing. And like I said, like just the fact that if you actually, di- you know, dip into any of the background and you just get all this stuff, it's it's kind of amazing and for someone who enjoys you know like looking up like information about things and going on wiki dives and stuff like that that's just kind of amazing so just just <laughs> well, just for that that at least adds like you know an extra few points uh well then let's go to uh plugs i feel like we've said as much about let it go as we can okay well um currently i'm on a uh podcast with some friends called war and beast that's part of the audio entropy network it's a rewatch of the uh 1990s uh, show Beast Wars, and we have moved on to the uh, sequel series Beast Machines, and we're actually almost done with that. So having said that, afterwards, I am planning on trying to make my own podcast called What's McCracken? I just like because I like making stupid puns, uh, which is basically a uh, cartoon like rewatch and discussion podcast, and I'll basically be focusing on a lot of the work that the uh, Craig McCracken d- has done. He's He's a you know, writer, animator, producer, director. He's done a lot of things. Most famously, uh, Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends. He's worked with Gendy Tarovsky on Powerpuff Girls and stuff like that. And we'll be starting with uh, Wander Over Yonder, which was his pet project he did on Disney uh, recently. You can find me at, well, you can find me personally at Dory Mingu with a 
D-O-R-I underscore Mingu. Uh, and I have set up a, a Twitter account for the uh, What's McCracken podcast at Krakencast. That's Kraken as in Craig McCracken's last name. So it's C-R-A-C-K-E-N. Great stuff. And you can find us on Facebook at Prince Track by Track or on Twitter at Prince Podcast. Or you can email us, not sure why you would, at Prince Track by Track at gmail.com. Thanks once more for being my guest here, Jordan. Oh, I had fun. Thanks for inviting me. And otherwise... Goodbye. I love you.